Thank you very much, Karen, for ministering in music. We have much to be thankful for in relation to our country. The many freedoms we have, along with the many, many blessings that we have. Let's pray together and then we'll interact with God's word. Father, we are thankful for Christ. Grateful for the liberty, the freedom, the forgiveness from sin that we have in Christ. The relationship that we have with you, the union we have with Christ and your spirit at work within us. Again, because of Christ and what he has done. So we look at a portion of scripture from the Old Testament this morning. We want to be willing to hear and understand how you have worked in nations in the past and how history is to influence us and impact us in the present. We just want to be sensitive and walking with you day by day as we live for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. A couple of questions, and I'm looking for response on the first one as well as a second one. What actions in our country does the Lord hate? What actions in our country does the Lord hate? Pardon? Killing of the unborn. Other response? Brainwashing our youth. Brainwashing our youth. Any other response? Turning Turning away from God. What idols do we have in our country today? I might be using that more broadly than idol might normally be thought of, but what idols? Sports? Alcohol, drugs, TV? Money? I'm not taking a position one way or the other. Pardon? Leisure. Leisure. This morning, pardon? Cell phones. phones. This morning we want to discuss Habakkuk 2, 6 through 20. And keep in mind the structure of Habakkuk. In chapter 1, 2 through 4, Habakkuk was raising questions. He's lamenting to God and asked some questions to God about Judah. Judah was not living in sensitivity to God. And there was violence and there was destruction and the law was paralyzed. And Habakkuk comes to God and just poses some questions. In chapter 1, 5 through 11, the Lord responds. And he says, I'm going to deal with Judah. And I'm going to deal with Judah through the nation Babylon. Babylon will punish Judah. So Habakkuk comes back to God again in chapter 1. 
and verse 12 through chapter 2 and verse 1 and says, Lord, basically, I don't understand. You're going to use a nation more evil than us, more evil than Judah, to discipline us. You know, is that really the way it works? And he says in verse 17 of chapter 1, is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? And then Habakkuk says, I'm going to sit and I'm going to wait to see what is going to happen. So the Lord responds in chapter 2, verses 2 through 20, and gives some revelation as it relates to the judgment of Babylon. And as it relates to the judgment of Babylon, the fulfillment of what is mentioned in chapter 2 is some 70 plus years in the future. Keep that in the back of your mind. Last week we touched on verses 2 through 5, where in verses 2 and 3, God is giving a revelation, something that would not have been known otherwise. He gives that to Habakkuk and tells Habakkuk to run with it. And then in verses 4 and 5, he talks about Babylon, that Babylon is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by faith. And there's a contrast between Babylon and those who live, or the one who lives by faith. Then in chapter 2, verses 6 through 20, we find five woes that are mentioned in relation to Babylon and their judgment. And in relation to those woes in discussing Babylon, I want you to notice what I'm going to do. I'm taking some trash, old bean can I'm putting in the bucket, old tissue, empty can of uh, breadcrumbs, some kind of paper that's not profitable, some onion skins, I stuck them in there so it wouldn't smell so bad, just an old bag and an empty can of mustard. I'm going to put that lid on. We'll come back to that a little later. I have some soil here, and I have some seed corn. I'm going to put some of the seed corn into the soil. And I will come back to the seed corn a little later. And we know that when you put corn or seed corn in soil that it's supposed to grow. And again, we'll come back to both of them a little later in way of illustration. In verses 6 through 20 of Habakkuk 2, we find a series of five woes where Habakkuk lists a woe. He gives a reason for the woe and then the outcome And as you think about a woe, a woe is commonly used in prophetic literature to introduce a judicial indictment. This is the Lord's judicial indictment of Babylon. He is answering Habakkuk's questions. Lord, you're going to use a more evil nation than Judah to judge us. What about Babylon? Is Babylon to continue? And the Lord answers. The first woe is in verses 6 through 8. 
will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not your debtors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their victim. Because you have plundered many nations, the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed man's blood. You've destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. The woe is stated. Babylon displayed extortion, plunder, wholesale destruction. As they conquered other nations, they displayed these items. And as you think about the countries of the world today, some of that takes place. There's human slavery that goes on in our world today, including our own country, particularly in the area of sex and work. Nothing new under the sun. Babylon extorted, plundered, wholesale destruction. And as the text says, they plundered many nations, killing, destroying lands and cities and everyone in them. In other words, total destruction. What's the outcome? Those Babylon plundered, that should be Babylon, not baby. Those Babylon plundered would destroy it. Babylon plundered the Medes and the Persians, but in time the Medes and the Persians would have conquered Babylon. He mentions a second woe in verses 9 through 11. Woe to him who builds his realm by unjust gain, to set his nest on high, to escape the clutches of ruin. You plundered the ruin of many peoples or plotted the ruin of many peoples, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Babylon sought security by unjust means. A nest on high refers to an eagle's nest, which is very secure. Woe to him who builds his realm by unjust gain to set his nest on high. Babylon would take action. Think about the example in the worlds today by even in our own country, drugs and alcohol, what people will do with that to seek to find security. Money talks in our country. Babylon wanted security beyond just means. So what did they do? They plotted the ruin on many people. That was their lifestyle. What was the or what is the outcome? A divided house. Destruction of life. 
and they would reap what they sow. God is dealing with a nation, Babylon, what we may consider a heathen nation. Habakkuk raises a question, and God is answering. The third woe in verses 12 through 14. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by crime. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, that nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A third woe, where there was ruthless self-exaltation by bloodshed. Stop and think about our world today. ISIS, how many people have been ruthlessly killed? About in our own country, the taking of young lives, how much blood has been shed. Maybe not blood in this area, but just the malice politically that takes place in hurting of people. We reflect back on U.S. history, and if you read U.S. history, establishing our own country by breaking treaties that we had made. And some of our history in terms of slavery and things that happened there. But Babylon built a city with bloodshed established a town by crime. Ruthless promoting of self and crime. But the reason for it was Babylon was built by the destruction of other civilizations. I think of what is happening today, particularly over in the eastern part of our world, where historical sites that have been around for hundreds and thousands of years are just wiped out. Nothing new under the sun. Babylon was built by the destruction of other civilizations. There was a conscription of others labor for their own end. You know, people's labor is only fuel for the fire and so on. What was the outcome for Babylon? Their labor was fuel for the fire. They're exhausting themselves for nothing. Why? Because the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Holy or of the Lord. Nations exert great energy, apply themselves in a great way. But the Lord says, judgment comes 
the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. How? As waters cover the sea. So God's dealing with Babylon. What's he going to do? There's going to be glory that is obtained. He is judging a nation that attacked his chosen people. He's dealing with Babylon. There's a fourth woe in verses 15 through 17. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring out from the wineskins till they are drunk, so that they can gaze on their naked bodies. You will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, for you have shed man's blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. The fourth woe, an injunction against Babylon. It would induce drunkenness for selfish gain. No, there's nothing new under the sun. How many cases, and this is individual level, <clears throat> we read where drink is used for generally a man or a young man to take advantage of a woman. And if you read what is currently happening in our country, <clears throat> drink, alcohol, drugs are used to lead particularly women into sexual slavery. Babylon, inducing drunkenness for selfish gain, and the text clearly says, why did they do that? So they can gaze on their naked bodies. If you read in our own country what happens in certain industries, people are made drunk so that they can view nakedness. Babylon did that. The reason for the fourth woe, there was violence to Lebanon. There was destruction of animals. They shed man's blood. They destroyed lands, cities, and people. what Babylon did. The outcome, the Lord says, you'll reap what you have sown. Maybe not quickly, but in time. The fifth woe, verses 18 through 20, Of what value is an idol since a man has carved it? Or an image that teaches lies? For he who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to the wood, come to life. Or to a lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. 
What was the fifth woe pronounced against Babylon? Their trust in worthless idols. Verse 18, and what value is an idol since the man has carved it? Do you ever think about someone making an idol? They themselves make the idol and then they bow down and worship it. You create an idol and then you worship it. Babylon, what value is an idol since a man carved it? <clears throat> an image that teaches lies. For he who makes it trust his own creation. Idols, they can't speak. Babylon <clears throat> fashioned their idols. A pantheon of gods. <clears throat> we know Nebuchadnezzar made an image and he expected everyone to bow down and worship it. That was later after Habakkuk would have written. But you think about our world today, how many false gods there are, how many things we create, and then those idols end up forming us. Just as they did for Babylon. The woe, its reason, the idols teach lies. Idols cannot speak. <clears throat> idols are lifeless. You ever think about idols, whether it be in Babylon or in the modern world today? They can't speak, they're lifeless, they promote lies. What is the outcome for Babylon? <clears throat> the Lord is in his holy temple. You may have idols. Babylon may have idols. Other countries of the world may have idols. But where's the Lord? He is in his holy temple. Let the earth <clears throat> be silent before him. God has pronounced <clears throat> five woes on Babylon. He's responding to Habakkuk's question. Lord, Babylon is going to judge us, but they're more evil than us. The Lord is basically saying in chapter 2, yes, they're going to judge you, but I will deal with Babylon. They're responsible. They will give an accounting to me. And as we move into chapter 3, Lord willing, next week, we find that Habakkuk learns to live by faith. Take God at his word. So a couple applications. Whether it be Habakkuk or maybe we today ask the Lord questions. We need to be willing to accept an answer and live by faith. Not passing judgment on the answer. God answered Habakkuk in chapter 1 and Habakkuk said, okay, Lord, I got another question. And he raises a question. The Lord answers in chapter 2. And now Habakkuk says, okay, I back off. 
I accept what you say. And that comes out very strongly in chapter 3. Just being willing, excuse me, willing to accept what God says. Habakkuk says in chapter 3 and verse 19, the Lord, or the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. Habakkuk says, God, I cry, uncle. I'll put my faith in you. I'll take what you say and accept it. Do you ever pose the question, why do I have to suffer? Or why does someone in my family have to suffer? And then listen and let the, God, let the Lord respond and he answers that but then accept it by faith. And not argue, but live through the struggle. We are called to live by faith in the tough questions of life. We may not be able to see the result but we must act on Scripture or the answer that God gives. Habakkuk raised a question, some tough questions. <clears throat> but the Lord is responding to Habakkuk, <clears throat> and I think responding to us today. <clears throat> We're called to live by faith the tough questions of life. Living by faith means surrender of control and outcomes. Not demanding an outcome. Habakkuk didn't demand any more outcome. He said, okay, Lord, this is what you're going to do. You're going to deal with Judah. You're going to deal with Babylon. Fine. He accepts it. It Means there's no demands. Lord, why am I suffering? Why is my family suffering? Why this death? Why this tragedy? You've answered God, I demand no more. I'll accept it. I'll respond to it. It's a, humbly ask, a humble asking in light of the Lord's promises, character, and will. <clears throat> Living by faith and blow involves thinking, believing, responding in light of God's revealed will. Over and over again, we post questions to God. Habakkuk posed questions to God, a willingness to step back, to listen, to hear, to consider Scripture, to consider counsel, to consider what a local shepherd may say, and then receive the answer and respond in light of that.
It's a waiting, letting the Lord work in his time. See, Habakkuk is asking some questions of the Lord, and we don't know if he asked as he observed what was happening in Judah for months or even years. It seems to be an extended period of time. And finally, the Lord answered. And he says, yeah, I'm going to deal with Judah, with Babylon. And then he turns around and says, Lord, a more evil nation? And then he says, I'm going to wait. And then the Lord responds. And then Habakkuk is in for more waiting because the judgment of Babylon is many years in the future because Babylon is going to come and take Jerusalem. It's going to be 70 years of captivity and then Babylon will be judged. Waiting. Hebrews 11 talks about waiting. The many saints who waited on God. Faith. Obedience to the Lord's revealed will, will, even when you can see no result or end. You just do that as a pattern of life. I mentioned Johnny Erickson Todd in the past. who has been paralyzed for, I think, almost 50 years now. Maybe not quite 50. Humbly obeying God, rejoicing in her trial, being faithful to God, but remaining paralyzed, but yet rejoicing. That's faith. God, you didn't fix me. Rejoice. But God, you're responsible, Johnny, for rejoicing. See, that is living by faith. Habakkuk was to write down the revelation Obviously, he had a message for Judah and for us today. And I think one of the primary messages for us today in relation to Abaca is for us to hear that God deals with nations in his time, but we live by faith in the process. How could God let Germany exterminate six million Jews. And from what I understand, before half of them were killed, other nations were aware of what was taking place. But it continued. God deals in his time. We look at some nations in the East today. When we say, what's God doing? God deals with nations in his time. He's usually not in a hurry. America, or Americans, both believers and non-believers at times, 
at least it comes across to me, tend to think that America will stand forever. You know, the Lord's kind of dependent upon America. Where would the Lord be without America? I don't know what America or the future of America holds. But I would pose some questions in light of how the Lord dealt with Babylon. How long can we continue as a nation when we commit some of the same crimes as Babylon? Extortion, obtaining wealth in that way. Building our lives by bloodshed. Abortion being an example, and we need to minister to those who go through abortion. I'm talking the whole mindset. Inducing drunkenness for selfish gain. Who is willing to take on the companies who produce alcohol in our country? And again, if you read history, there's much crime involved with alcohol. Trust in worthless idols, various religions, just the whole issue of technology and media. Not against our nation. We need to pray for our nation. We need to live as sought and light as ambassadors. But God is not dependent upon our nation. The final application, God is not, God is and will continue to work out his will and plan according to his own timetable. His appointed time, which is mentioned in verses 2 and 3, will not delay. The Lord is sovereign. He is in sovereign control. So interesting that the Lord answers Habakkuk. Helpful for us today to understand how God deals with nations.